Welcome to Devotions in the Deep End. I'm Cam Buchanan from Mount Gambier, Australia, and this is my quest to teach the whole New Testament as deeply and helpfully as I can. So grab your Bible and a beverage of choice, and let's take a few intentional minutes together in the deep end. Welcome to episode 100 of Devotions in the Deep End. It's admittedly taken me a while to get here, but I'm so thankful for all those who have been part of the journey. This podcast has been played right across my home nation of Australia, but has also been played all over the world. Around 30 states in America, as well as these countries. Austria, Belgium, Canada, England, Germany, India, Indonesia, Ireland, Italy, Japan, Mexico, Montenegro, New Zealand, the Philippines, Singapore, Spain, South Africa, Sweden, Switzerland, Thailand, Turkey, Ukraine, and the United Arab Emirates. That is quite a world tour for this humble little podcast. If you have any feedback or things to say, do make contact. I would love to know what it is that has made you stick with this particular podcast series. Anyway, our passage for this episode is Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 to 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the worker of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said. And you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. A winery suddenly needs workers. This would indicate its seasonal work, such as picking all the fruit in the season of harvest. In this instance, the owner personally goes into town to look for willing workers. Here in Australia, we have a government job centre called Centrelink, where unemployed people may congregate. Or in some regional cities, there may be a local backpacker hostel with young people wanting seasonal work. Or failing that, in our modern age, it could just be a bunch of people on Facebook putting themselves out there in search of something to do. In the parable, there happens to be people out of bed at 7am who actually want to work. He rounds them up, shows them the ropes, explains the pay structure, and gets them going. Then, as the day goes on, the owner realises the magnitude of the work and makes a number of trips back to town to the same locations in the event those who may have slept in want a bit of work before the day is done. 
and at the end of the day, they are all given their pay packet. We are told that the men who slept in but got working about five in the afternoon get paid first, and as they walk past the early risers, they pull out their money. A denarius was a payment consistent with a day's work for a labourer, and they received their coin as promised. If this parable were taking place here in Australia right now, these 5pm workers would actually be walking out with roughly $160 after tax. Not a bad income for an hour of honest work. This interesting development causes the early risers to make some assumptions that they are surely in for an exceptional payday. However, when the guys who came in at lunchtime emerge with the same amount, their assumptions are becoming far less certain. And sure enough, the early risers themselves get paid and it's the same amount. And these workers, who just 10 hours ago had no work happening at all and were just going to be hanging around doing little for the day, are now up in arms about the apparent lack of fairness at their treatment. They are looking for the number for their local trade union, considering which tribunal to hit up for their case to be heard and their perceived rights to be upheld. But at the end of the day, none of the workers, even in a modern industrial relations tribunal, would have a leg to stand on. Here in Australia, many workers operate under Enterprise Bargaining Agreements, or EBAs for short. These are terms which an employer offers and employees accept in a contract before taking on a role. I think this could be a handy understanding to note for both the parable and the principle attached to it for us. In this thinking, the workers in the parable who began at 7am entered the workplace knowing their EBA and were paid as promised. The ones who started later would enter on their own EBA and they would get the treatment as determined by their employer. It would be totally up to the employer if there was ever to be anything above and beyond that and he would pay it and it would be none of the other employer's business how it all went down. If you get a fair pay for your work and have not been exploited and another worker in the same environment happens to get paid more for whatever reason, what business is that of yours? But now that we've considered that, we are supposed to look for a spiritual lesson in all this. This is, after all, a parable spoken by Jesus, and parables were designed to make a person think about the analogy in greater depth. And it seems like something really important to grasp, because apparently the kingdom of God works a little bit like this employer. The key hints in this are the bookends of the parable. The kingdom of God is like, so the last will be first, and the first will be last. Let's consider that last line, well, first. This idea of first and last has been present a few times in teachings that have preceded this particular parable, including the one immediately before this. In Bible talk, we call this context. The stories before this parable have some rather contrasting things in amongst it all. There were some bringing children to be blessed or prayed for by Jesus. And although there were people in his entourage thinking he was wasting his time, Jesus makes it clear that the heart of a child, faithful, trusting, loyal, painfully transparent, completely dependent, was the very attitude that God was looking for. So imitate them. There were people who believed that they were so good that they really didn't need God's mercy and that heaven was a given because they were just good people. The parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector speaks into this thinking. There were people who managed to become wealthy despite the hardship imposed by the Romans, and some would consider their wealth as proof of their godliness. And yet, deep down, the good ones knew there was something still lacking. The story of the rich young ruler helps us reflect on people like that. Then there were at least a dozen fellas who had been working blue-collar jobs, who dropped everything when invited to do so in order to follow the man, Jesus of Nazareth. 
they were only partially in the know at the time just who he was. And they only partially saw the agenda that Jesus was setting in all this. The idea of being killed after three years of popularity was all too much to conceive at this point. But they saw just enough to know that following Jesus would be like nothing else they would ever know. We have all these snippets of life being observed by Jesus, and the social idea of being first and being last was being turned on its head. The ones that society and even religion deemed to be first, the outwardly religious, the wealthy, the influential, the ones who held the balance of power, the ones admired the most for their showy contributions and public splendor, these would be last in the kingdom. Their motives for service and even religious observance was anything but pure. The ones that society called last, the working class, the children, the women, the beggar, the tax collector, the blind and the lame, these will be first in the eyes of God because they would be the ones to recognize Jesus for who he was when they met him. The idea that somebody would try to elevate themselves over another by using status, power, wealth, and even religion to their advantage was something Jesus detested. And although society made these elevated people first, Jesus saw them the opposite way. Even the idea of a simple day of work came under this sort of scrutiny. Now, while this hopefully answers the first and last thing in light of the audience Jesus was dealing with, it doesn't answer the whole start time and pay packet thing. The concept of an EBA, at least to me, can help us better understand the parable, and also the idea of God's sovereignty too. Although the Jews as a people had known God for 2,000 years, they were far from him when Jesus came on the scene. Out of them, however, he was creating a new first a new group of followers who would be the first to sign up for the faith that you and I embrace today. These were going to be the 7 a.m. starters, the ones that Jesus went and found first when the harvest was ready and God's time was right. They would be forging a new path, and it would cost them tears, sweat, and, of course, blood. They would indeed work through the heat of the day, as it were. Their faith walk would be harder fought than what we could ever imagine in our lifetime and Western setting but they would always remind themselves that there would be a reward. There would be a payday, as it were, and it would not be seen in full while residing in the present world. Paul wrote that while the world looks for perishable rewards, like an Olympian seeking a winner's olive leaf crown, a believer looks to the rewards that are eternal in all they do. And although they might have worked through the harsher conditions or longer day, the eternal reward of a first-century martyred Christian will actually be in many ways the same reward a modern Christian lives in pursuit of. After all, after 2,000 years of Christianity, our faith expression can only be that of the later starters. Some might even say 5pm starters, but only God knows that for sure. What we can say is that the workday that began with the calling of those who were first continues, well, today. To get our mind around that idea, consider the way this is spelled out in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12-14. to 14. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. The apostles, the original twelve, actually share our today. The martyrs that followed under the tyranny of Rome happened, well, today. The persecutions of the saints in all parts of the world throughout the last 2,000 years all happened today. 
the victims of ISIS and North Korea and other such persecutions in the modern time are all occurring today. Our labor in our more comfortable Western setting is also taking place on that same today. Some clearly started in the early morning, but as long as the day continues, the writer of Hebrews reminds us that we don't chase the sunset, we keep working, we stay faithful, we hold true to our convictions until the vineyard owner decides the day is done. Also, one last thought, don't be envious in the face of God's generosity. This is pointed out in the parable where the early starters make note of their harder labor and longer day and expected more in return as a result. But the vineyard owner challenges that and essentially tells them to mind their own business. Even in the context of our own faith lives, it can feel like we are the early starters compared to others in our circle of faith. And they will experience God's sovereignty in this life in ways different to yours. And you need to be okay with that. When people around us seemingly get blessed, rejoice. When it appears people are being rewarded before the sun sets, be okay with that. And actually pray for them that they would be faithful to be extenders of whatever blessing they receive. When people are elevated into ministry before you, celebrate their God-given promotion. Pray that they will keep a posture of being last in this life, no matter how first they may want to feel. Let each believer run their own race and be sure to stay in their own ordained lane. This is not a mindset of human pushback. We often hear that line as an aggressive statement, stay in your lane. But the understanding is that God has a lane for us all to run. It is a race of endurance to complete. God has a journey for us to be faithful to. And know that the labor for our day of work is going to be well worth it. Consider this, the reward for every faithful believer is the kingdom of God. Utter perfection and completeness. Eternal life forever in God's ungrieved presence on a renewed heaven and earth. Why demand to earn more than the guy after you in this life when the magnitude of the reward for all of us will be so glorious? You cannot add to perfection. The denarius in the parable is simply used as the understood rate for a day's labor. But the going rate for a day's labor in the kingdom is eternity. No matter when you start or how last you feel, be faithful until the sun sets because the EBA of the kingdom of God is absolutely perfect. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about this podcast and other ministries I'm involved in, go to my new website, www.ministryinthedeepend.com.au. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and even YouTube. So please like, follow, subscribe, connect, and comment wherever you can. I look forward to catching up next time. See you then.